What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Majuszewski, and it's been a while since I posted a new video, vlog, podcast, whatever you want to call it, because um, I've been off for a week, and I still have like two more days off from work and the hustle and all that. And uh, it got me thinking on my trip of what I should, you know, come back to. And I have like a lot of ideas and things that I want to, you know, bring up in this uh, podcast episode. And one of them is actually like taking time off of training. So there is this whole thing called overtraining. And I have experienced that many times. And I physically had to learn the hard way um, to get through it. And a lot of it was injury, pulling things, getting sore in areas where you're not supposed to. And it's kind of like our body's natural way of like, you know, telling us to slow down. And this only happens when you get to like a certain point of um, training, like training frequency and, you know, I'm trying to think the last time where I kind of felt overtrained, and it was probably at least five months ago. And literally was like, and I think a lot of people have this experience too, where, you know, when in the clinic setting, especially is like when people come into the clinic and they're like, oh, I've like pulled my back. And then, you know, we ask, like, well, what happened? And they're like, I bent over to grab my kid and my entire back went out. And, you know, that's not overtraining, but it kind of is. And let me explain why. So the definition of overtraining is, like, say you're training, like, seven days a week. You haven't taken a break. Every workout, you're literally trying to, like, increase your weight you know, try to run a little bit further or faster or go longer on your bike because it's summer and it's nice out or whatever it is. And you're not actually giving your body enough time to actually recover. And a lot of those people, like those gym goers or even trainers that literally train every single day and it's just part of their life and you realize that you go an entire year of training nonstop and something will go that will stop you. And for me, it's like, I usually like pull something in my back, my shoulder starts hurting for random reasons, or I get really, really, really tired and feel like absolute shit. So now, and then on top of that, if someone is, you know, training for long periods of time and they have a super stressful job, like double whammy, like you're not gonna last. So I would say this last two years, I've been paying attention to my volume personally, like very closely and I've kind of found a sweet spot for at least myself and this doesn't you know um, mean that it works for everybody but honestly I used to do the whole like I'm gonna get four to five um, strength workouts a week that are like a full hour I'm gonna do like some sprinter intervals on my off days I'm gonna do some mobility training and what have not or what have you whatever that saying is but um and i would always get to a point where i'm constantly pushing myself and then something would go and it started happening pretty often like probably at least four times a year and i'm like okay don't like this 
And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of used to the whole idea of constantly, you know, training every single day. And how can I implement that, you know, routine in my life um, where I don't get injured? So I had um, created this new routine ever since COVID happened where especially in the beginning when COVID kind of shut everything down. Um, I was in a position where I was working like non fucking stop to ensure that my business would survive like my brick and mortar business of the gym and uh, the clinic. So I was spending a lot of time on my computer changing everything online and just going to the facility every single day. And like, it was like nonstop. And I was like, okay, well, I don't have full hours. So I started doing like 20 to 30 minute workouts. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna like switch to like kettlebell stuff. Cause like, if I can't do it at work, like if I'll come home or like before work starts, let's get a quick like kettlebell workout in. And sometimes like the kettlebell workouts and honestly today, this is what I'm gonna do is like, okay, I'm pressed for time. I'm gonna do a 10 minute warm up that includes my soft tissue, whatever it is. And I'm just gonna do a hundred swings. And whatever I need to do to get to 100 swings is what I'm gonna do. So I'll like grab my 24 kilo kettlebell, do 10 swings, rest a little bit, 10 swings, rest a little bit, repeat that 10 times, boom, done. Right, and that worked really well for me. And I started doing that and I was like, you know what, I feel pretty good. Like, you know, sometimes when you get those workouts in and you're like, okay, full hour, I have to do all this stuff. And by the end of it, you're actually more tired than you were going in and you're like, fuck, and then, you know, things build up over time and you actually don't feel that great. And when I started doing these shorter workouts, uh, I kind of found a rhythm to it. And I was like, okay, like I feel pretty good doing, you know, five, four to five kettlebell workouts a week, doing my kin stretch. That's like 40 to 45 minutes. And it was pretty good. And I was like, okay, well now that I kind of have this as a habit and routine, I can do other things during the day that can, um, you know, keep me active and things like that. And a thing I started doing is, um, even during like the winter months, I really enjoyed like first thing in the morning, take my dog out for a walk, um, without my phone and everything like that, just to kind of clear my head, get some ideas for projects, um, kind of like work out problems that I may be facing in my business, how I can, you know, contribute differently in relationships or whatever it is, you know, like a lot of good thoughts and ideas and problem solving. Cause this day and age, we have like no time to be with our own thoughts and like think about stuff. And honestly, I think that's one of the biggest issues we face right now is because we don't have time. Like, ask yourself, when was the last time you had, like, one minute where you're not looking at your phone? You don't have something playing in front of you when you're not stimulated whatsoever. And you're just, like, in your head thinking about stuff. Like, probably hasn't happened in a very, very, very long time. So, um yeah, so I ended up getting into um, a habit of, like, walking, like, three kilometers every single day with my dog. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, pretty good. Like, getting, like, a 30-minute walk with my dog every single day. And then the other nice thing was, like, I have a spin bike at home. And, you know, if I need to throw in, like, an extra 20 minutes on the spin bike, I can 
do intervals. I can do a recovery thing. And that's kind of been my routine. So like literally my week consists of like, um, four 20 to 30 minute workouts with a kettlebell or like literally like one of my days is cause like, you know, I, I like deadlifting ever since I posted maybe again, five months ago, um, just to see, cause I haven't deadlifted for ever. Um, uh, maybe video, uh, I had a video I posted, yeah, five months ago of the trap bar deadlift and I did 285, I think for a couple reps and I was like, oh, like, you know, I haven't deadlifted in two years. That's a pretty good strength to you know, hold on to. And all I've been doing is like 20 to 30 minute workouts and walking. Um, so I was like, you know what? It would be kind of cool to get back into deadlifting and the last 12 weeks, I literally have one day a week where... I just do the trap bar deadlift. I literally do like six sets of two or three reps and I, you know, have my percentages for it and do my warm up, and it's like a 20 minute workout and that's it. Um, and then I do two can stretch workouts for myself and then that's it. Like that, that has been working for me. So with overtraining, when I used to do that a lot, uh, my body would physically tell me to stop. And things like pulling my back would happen. And it's like my body's way of telling me, like, you need to slow down. And if you don't slow down, I'm going to physically force you to slow down. And that is like literally the worst feeling because it's like you have this small little like tweak and you're like, the rest of my body feels good, but I physically can't do what I used to do because of this stupid little thing. And, you know, when it comes to just patients coming in, like I was mentioning earlier about, you know, oh, I reached down to go grab something and, um, you know, I pulled my back and, you know, it isn't a case kind of like overtraining, but, um, it's just that the stress that their body's able to take is very low. That threshold's really, really, really low. So any repetitive motion bending over that threshold lower, so they go do that and their body gives out and they're like, F you. So kind of similar to overtraining, right? Your thresh, you reach your threshold of how much volume of training and stress you can take and your body tells you to like, well, I'm gonna tell you to stop. Um, so overtraining is something that, you know, I haven't spoke about it in a long time, but it's it's there. So anytime there are signs of overtraining, which is like if you find yourself getting like tired a lot more, like in the middle of the day, you're just like, I'm not usually tired at this time, or like you know, it. You wake up and at by 10 a.m. you're like, fuck, I could go to sleep right now. And like sometimes this happened to me where, you know, I've pushed myself to limit in the gym nonstop high stress environment at work, whatever it is. And then, you know, you get home early one day and you're like, you know, I'm just gonna lie down, just like, just chill. And then you end up just falling asleep out of nowhere. And you're like, wow, my body really needs this. And that's that's another thing. It's like, say on the weekend, you have the op- rare opportunity to like, just chill and do nothing. And you find yourself falling asleep in the middle of the day. And you're like, I need this. My, my body's just tired. Um, you can also see a change in, um, hunger so when I get to the verge of overtraining I'm hungry all the fucking time I'm like okay I need to slow down my body is not happy with this um 
and then even like in your workouts, your strength declines, right? So one of the reasons why I added um, my trap bar deadlift is like, you know, say I'm doing 70% of my max, I've always done six sets of fucking four reps, whatever it is, and you know, I start, you know, my first set, I'm like, oh man, this feels really heavy, where, you know, two weeks ago, this was nothing. So like, even those little things of like, you feeling like you can't push yourself, or like, you know, say you're doing a spin class, and you know, you're on your Peloton, and you do the same uh, workout every week, and you find yourself at one point feeling like, oh, this this workout really kicked my ass for some reason. Like that's another sign of overtraining or say you're doing your run, you're doing the same, I don't know, five kilometer loop around your neighborhood. And you're like, man, that like kicked my ass. And I was like six minutes slower than I usually am. Like another sign of overtraining. Like these are the things you need to look at. And the nice thing is like you, like I physically will plan my time off of the gym. And sometimes that's what you need. Right, because if you really think about it, like every time you work out, you're placing a stress on your body, and you're hoping that you know your sleep is good, your nutrition is good, you're able to take on all the stresses of life and recover from it, and on top of that, recover from a workout in order to get stronger and adapt. And sometimes we just can't recover as fast, and you accumulate all this stress over time, and then your body's like, no. So sometimes plan breaks is a good thing. Like, you know, guaranteed when I get back into the gym this week and like actually start pushing, like going back to my deadlift. Like I remember uh, last week when I finished my last deadlift um, um, workout, like I was at my heaviest. I think I was at probably like 85% of my max. And like by that last set, I was like, wow, I'm fucking tired and done. Like that's enough um yeah like getting to that point and then having this week off going back into the gym this week it's probably going to be freaking killer like I'll have a lot of stored energy that I can just burn off and you know I've been eating more than I usually am and that's gonna help me kind of push into my next set of workouts which I'm super excited about um but a lot of people who don't plan breaks when they train non-stop you're going to be forced right so you're better off like you know looking at your year and again this one of the things that I've learned in my career is like plan your entire year out like not only your training but also like other aspects of your life and I always do this with uh, my employees my contractors whoever it is to learn to you know crush goals throughout the year so i kind of have these like five categories and i'm going to be all over this uh podcast episode by the way because i have like a lot of ideas so anyway um every october i plan my entire year like coming up and i have these five categories one it's um physical goals um personal goals (laughs) professional goals financial goals and spiritual goals and then within those five i'll have like three main ones that i want to hit for the year and in there as I plan the out, out the year like throughout the year I'll have like about two weeks where I'll take time off of training completely and like that can be as like okay my only exercise activity and exercise is like walking the dog foam rolling doing like my daily cars in the morning whatever it is and that's all I need and then when I go back to the gym and I'm like lifting heavy weights boom amazing and again like people getting worried about like oh i'm gonna lose all my you know 
gains. I'm gonna like gain a lot of weight and everything. It's like it's one week out of the entire year of you being consistent. Like at no time ever on the history of this planet, someone exercising for a week made them leaner and made them lose a bunch of weight like that never happens so it won't happen in the reverse where if you don't train for a week and you're consistent all year round you're not going to gain like 10 pounds and you're not going to lose all your strength like that's physically impossible if you did that for a month yeah hell yeah you're going to lose quite a bit of strength and gain weight if you're inactive but a week is not going to do any damage um so that being said like something to think about when it comes to your training like plan breaks and if you're planning an entire year like you know if you know that in the summer you're going to go away for camping or whatever it is or you're going to go visit a city and you know now that travel is going to be coming back like you can plan those things right like for me the next like time off of um, training is going to be when I go to Disneyland in November but again like my activity is going to be walking all the fucking time and might not sound like a lot but you know last time when i went to disney like we were there from open till close so literally either at 7 a.m or 8 a.m until fucking midnight walking non-stop and you know i think we averaged about 10 kilometers every single day walking like that's quite a bit and i wouldn't have the time or energy to get any other training in so that's kind of like my time off from training and when I came back same thing I was like oh fuck yeah I feel good um so overtraining one thing the other thing I wanted to bring up is like people that are not training consistently every single day of the week and they're like you know the two to three times um a week of weight training whatever it is and then you take time off Again, it's not going to kill you to take that time off, but you kind of want to stay active. Like you don't want to just, you know, sit around and drink and eat nonstop. You want to find something active. So if you're on a trip somewhere, like, I don't know, you go to fucking Hawaii, like go for a hike, like go do something, go swimming, go whatever, just stay active. Try not to, you know, fall into that whole idea of like oh i'm just gonna sit my ass on the beach and drink nonstop. like move a little bit move like even if it's like you're at a resort in mexico and you wake up early for some reason because you're still on freaking your time to wake up uh, for work like walk around the resort a couple times go grab a cup of coffee and then boom whenever it's time to drink start drinking whatever who cares but um you know, it takes time to like train on vacation. Um, it took me a long time to kind of get there, but I think it's like as my, I guess, career kind of fell in line a little bit easier for myself and I was in full control of my schedule. When it came to vacation time, I was like, yeah, I should get a workout in or two. Um, but again, it took a long time and everyone's a little bit different, but that's a whole nother story. Um, the other topic I wanted to get into is, um, and I brought this up once, I believe, um, on my show where I talked about like uh, the power of Kim stretch. And, you know, ever since I got my functional range assessment certification, um, I've been having a lot of people reach out to me online, in person to get that done. and 
start doing kin stretch because the last, I guess, year I've been posting a lot about, you know, true mobility training, true flexibility and learning what that actually means and how to maintain long lasting joint health and long lasting flexibility. And, you know, I think it was back in October when I did my first, like, what is kin stretch video. And maybe I'll link that in uh, the show notes if you wanted to watch it. Um, so the big thing that I've been seeing is that people want to move and feel better more than anything right now. You know, like before I've been, I was always getting a lot of people where they're like, oh, I just want to like lose weight and like I just want to start training and lifting heavy and whatever it is. And that's all great and good. But like sometimes you just you need to focus and prioritize your mobility and joint health. And I think more than ever right now, people are just broken. People are sore people are stiff from sitting all day especially since covid started with everyone working from home people don't have you know proper setups for their desks people are working out of their beds for like three hours until moving onto the couch because like they don't even have an office space or whatever it was or like maybe they did have an office space before but then they had kids and a dog and like fucking an iguana in the corner or whatever it is, a fish tank, um, and kind of just took over your space. And, you know, you're literally kind of all over the place when it comes to, um, for work. But, um, I think the big thing now that I see in this industry is people want their joints to feel better because they have figured out that if I can't move my shoulder like this without pain, why am I going to the gym and like doing an upper body workout and things hurting and I have to stop and I can only do, you know, lower body. It's not the best. So when people go through the FRA, which is an abbreviation for the functional range assessment with me, people start asking a lot of questions like, okay, with all this information, like, what do you do with it? Like, how does a kin stretch workout and work and differ from like yoga and any other stretching routine? And really like, I look at it as the gold standard, like everything that the FRC, FRS, kin stretch, whatever certification you want to bring up within that uh, company, um, the creator, Dr. Andrew Spina has literally went through all the literature and research on rehab, um, joint health, recovery, post-op, whatever it is, and organized into a system better than anyone else. And at its core, you know, when you look at what a muscle cell does in your body, um, essentially, um, in a kin stretch setting, FRC setting, FR setting, whatever it is, you want to influence your tissue to become more resilient. And how you do that is by sending external inputs into uh, the cellular level. So me doing a pails and rails contraction or a hover or an isometric contraction or whatever thing that I decide to do in my kin stretch class, for example, um, communicates at a cellular level. So I send an isometric contraction through my hip because I need more hip external rotation. I send this signal to um, 
the cells responsible for stuff in the hip and they get that information and I've built an opportunity for myself to lay down more resilient tissue and this is how I kind of explain it to anyone new to um, kin stretch that um, every day we have a new set of muscle cells waiting for information from you so we have a couple options we can wake up have that opportunity decide to go sit in our car for an hour drive to our office sit down for um eight hours and then go back into our car and fight off traffic for another hour and sit down and then go to our dinner table sit for an hour and then go onto the couch and sit for a couple hours watching whatever show you know Loki um, which is amazing by the way um, and then go back to sleep so that entire day we've been influencing at a cellular level that hey all you need to do is be really efficient at keeping me uh, in a seated position and your muscle cells go okay let's lay down some uh, tissue and kind of neurological and mechanical tightness to keep you there or I can get into a 90-90 position with my hips, influence at a cellular level to stay loose and more limber, whatever term you want to use, and then challenge that new acquired range by doing active range liftoffs, hovers, um, any other implement you can think of from that whole FRS system. And that's how you literally will keep new acquired range like you have an opportunity every single day to influence um your tissue quality right so you know that lame saying if you don't use it you lose it holds very 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 true and like everybody understands that yeah when i don't exercise and move everything feels stiff and tight it's like yeah like when i go to a conference for three days and i sit in a conference hall and then go on an airplane and come back home like holy fuck my hips and low back are super tight and I like just need to foam roll for like two hours or get a massage like yeah that makes sense right so rather than doing that I can do kin stretch for 45 minutes and that's 45 minutes of influence at a very high rate um, where I can you know gain more mobility and keep it and kind of the difference too, when people ask, well, what's the difference with yoga? Yoga, you get flexible in a linear path. So say I am doing warrior two and I do warrior two the same every single class, I get really efficient at warrior two. But say with my arms being out and I wanna rotate this way, I'm not allowed to do that because that's not how a warrior two looks like. So kin stretch will make you mobile and strong in multiple different planes of motion. Like I want more hip external rotation, but I can achieve that in like a hundred different ways depending on how I position my body, right? And then on top of that, getting into a stretch position for hip external rotation, I can add um, an active component. A lot of yoga is very passive if you're holding a pose for X amount of time and then you move on. I'm not bashing yoga, it's a different um, 
training mechanism. But when it comes to um, protecting you from injury, kin stretch and its principles is your best bet. So an example is, say I had a baseball pitcher and they tore their rotator cuff in a shoulder abducted position with external rotation, it's in my best interest to get that athlete, patient in the position that they got injured in and make them as strong as fucking possible in there. So, you know, say they tore the rotator cuff and their, you know, active range is like far back there. Because when you see baseball pitchers, like they can externally rotate their shoulder like no tomorrow. So say their range is here. Now I've got to get them back to where they were. So now I need to get them stronger in all these positions until they get back to this position here where they can actually throw. So that's one example. Another example is say you have, and I use this all the time explaining kin stretch, say you have someone that's a soccer player and they're on the field, but it rained the night before and game's first thing in the morning and the grass is super wet and you're playing the game and you go to cut and your whole foot slides on the grass because it's super wet and you pull a groin. But how do I prevent something like that? Say I get someone into a split-like position laterally because that's how they pull their groin as far as possible and train them in that position with pails and rails, active range liftoffs, hovers, whatever it is. So now when the next time they go into that environment where they slide onto the grass, but I've, you know, put them in that position before and I've trained in those ranges, most likely they're not going to pull anything. They might get like a little twinge, but they're going to be like, oh, I'm good to go. Right. So essentially what we're doing is creating more of a threshold in your tissues at their end ranges because that's where an injury happens right like you don't ever injure your neck doing this it's going to be here at one point and then like going too far right so if you look at a definition of what an injury is is when an enough of an external force enters the tissue and the tissue can't handle that external force and then something breaks right so you know me doing this to my arm won't break the bones in my forearm because the force like i'm used to that amount of force but say you drop a fucking boulder on my thing like maybe it won't break but it might fracture it or you know puncture my skin whatever it is right but same thing like if i wanted to you know say if i was a nfl lineman or D-end, and you know, one of the things that can happen on the outside of the play is like grabbing another player to bring him down, and my, like, the motion is this. So, like, from an FRS perspective, I should take this football player in a position where they would get into this, and, you know, if they have a fucking running back going this way and I don't want my entire arm to, like, explode off... I could literally get into a wall or like put a ball against a pillar and hold and ice and actually contract in all these different positions as hard as possible to ensure that when that load happens, that force as I'm coming through, my arm's okay, right? So like you're literally bulletproofing your body for any kind of external load 
that may happen. And this is the beauty of kin stretch is that there's so many variable movements that our body does. And because we're all one unit, we can play along with that anatomy and become more resilient. So that's kind of a long-winded answer of like what I explain to people because when I do a elevator pitch, it's like it's stretching on steroids. But really what it is, it's like you're bulletproofing your body for anything. And I think now a lot of people want to feel better rather than like, I want to get as strong as possible and lose weight, right? Like those are the byproducts of, you know, train properly. But um, I think now a lot of people just want to move and feel better from what I've been seeing, what I've been hearing. So I think I'm going to end it there because, you know, I have a lot that I can talk about and we're already at 33 minutes and I think people, you know, toleration for long videos is kind of around this point in time, but um, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, Uh, hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, and give me a five-star review on my podcast if you're listening on itunes spotify stitcher radio soundcloud whatever it is um make sure you leave a review uh subscribe to my youtube channel you guys have been listening again so thank you so hit the show notes and subscribe to my youtube channel so you get a notification anytime i uh, upload something new and thank you thank you thank you so much you guys this is amazing that you know this podcast has been going on this long i think i'm coming up to my five-year anniversary for this podcast which is super cool um you guys are amazing thank you for the support until next time